doing something halfway is kind of just not doing it. And so she just took an egg and cracked it open, put it on a plate, and then brought it out to them for breakfast. Here we go! Impress them on your children. Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right, Ben, how are you doing today? I'm uh, doing pretty well. I'm uh, still. T- I'm, I had to turn my heater off for this, so I'm kind of getting a little chilly. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't think you know anything about chili down in Georgia. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's probably fair. Yeah. So the, we've had quite a chore with our chilliness lately. Uh, for listeners that didn't know, Maine hit almost negative twenty uh, that a couple days before recording this, and. Uh, that was uh, pretty miserable. So, yeah, I'm gonna bet. I mean, but I, I do have. I know something about chili having no hair on the top. Like it really does make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> that you have that luxury. I do. <laughs> so the uh, yeah. So and, and it is interesting though, because especially around Maine, you know, there are definitely inherently certain chores that people have to do in winter that they don't have to do during the summer. So it, would you say that's the case in Georgia? Um, you know, we don't blow our roofs off, you know, blow the snow off. Uh Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think maybe, maybe we, we miss out on some of those extra chores in the wintertime. Um, I guess you could plastic your windows, but. That's true. Yeah, we have uh, one chore in our family is that we heat primarily using pellet stoves. And so every morning I have to run out and uh, grab a couple 40-pound bags of pellets and load it in and and make sure it's all clean. And I I really need to make a chore chart for myself for working on those pellet stoves. Right, Ben? You probably should. You know, speaking of that, I was talking to my grandfather the other day. He grew up in uh, outside Chicago. Um and he talked about when he was younger, he, he didn't like it in the wintertime because he'd have to go out every morning with a blowtorch to warm up the pipes. And I thought, man, that sounds awful. Yeah, fortunately, we don't have that issue with our pipes. But yeah, a lot of people do. So, mm. But anyway, so with, with talking about doing chores, I want to ask you, Ben, did you have any chores when you were growing up? Because we, I, I want to talk about chores today in our podcast. Uh. Yes, my parents did not shy away from assigning me chores. I took out the trash. Um, I helped out after dinner. I did. I actually we, we painted the house one color, and then it was not what my parents had expected it to be, so it had to be redone. Oh wow! Uh, and then I helped scrape the ceilings. Man, we clean. Man, my dad would uh, run a carpet cleaner. Oh goodness, I I still have. I just see one of those things and shudder. Um, I, my parents were divorced, you know, I, I yeah. split time, but my mom had cats. And so part of my job when I was there was to clean up all their hairballs, um, which I did not enjoy. So, yeah, I, I spent – and yard stuff. Um, how about you? I mean, did you just chill or they uh, they have you working? 
Uh, yeah, I definitely did have some chores to a degree. I, I was not always reliable about doing them. Maybe re- less reliable than some children that even listen to her podcast. But uh, probably I had less chores than some do, but uh, maybe less than you. I don't know. Uh, but I did have more as we kind of got I got older around the house. Uh, but, you know, one chore I did have to a degree that I didn't really do very well, that I don't know that I do well now, is cleaning up my room. That was always <laughs> a weakness of Tony Tresoni. <laughs> so maybe it's not the biggest surprise. So now do your children have chores or responsibilities around the house, Ben? Uh, they do. You know, when I was younger, I think I was probably 13 or 14. My dad was, I think, telling me to go out and do some kind of yard work. And I was complaining about it. And man, you just have me, uh, do chores. You treat me like a slave or I, I don't know, something dramatic. And he said, well, what are you going to do when you get older? And I said, well, I'll tell my kids. And I just trailed <laughs> off and walked outside and did it. <laughs> so now I have kids. But uh, yes, we do have them. They have uh, nightly chores after dinner as well as uh, some things that they do usually on the weekends. Um, it was kind of designed. Some of them would be throughout the week. That ends up usually just happening on Saturdays. But um, so, yeah, how about how about your kids? You uh, do you have kids to so that they could do chores or. Yeah, we have a maid, so no, I'm kidding. So <laughs> even if parents do have maids, maybe have your kids do chores. By the way, but uh, yeah, they're supposed to clean their rooms and put away clothes and a lot of that kind of stuff. So uh, you know, they do more on a case by case assignment. Even you know, our oldest often will feed the dog, uh, put take care of the dog stuff, uh, which is its own assignment. And I wish that dog could do chores sometimes, but uh, you know, they've started to do the chores and making food. They seem enjoy mm. making meals which I, that was never something I was doing chore wise I was never helpful in the kitchen until I got older so okay I'm impressed now is asking children to do chores is that kind of just an act of shirking our adult responsibilities Ben is that just kind of passing the buck I mean I think it can be but I think assuming that you have some intention behind it good intention then no I think you're teaching them a lot of valuable things uh, and getting necessary help maybe uh, relieving some necessary stress from your life um, you know so those, those chores have to be done if you're gonna have a somewhat clean and ordered place to live and so no I, I don't see it as that way I know some people feel that way but uh, uh-huh. I, I not nearly so fastidious. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that I have heard people that felt that way and expressed that about chores. But I, I think depending upon the age of the kids, it actually may be more work for the adults to have kids do chores. Yeah. Go back and check the third time. No, oh, yeah. this is what I mean. <laughs> there are so many times with chores. I think every parent with the young kids is like, I-, I could just do it myself quicker. But that's, that's not what it's about by any stretch of the imagination. So. Yeah. But I do think this is part of raising up the next generation. I think this is even part of parental discipleship, to be able to uh, raise them up in the Lord in a godly manner. Part of that is going to be chores. Uh, And, I mean, as you kind of mentioned, part of being in a household does mean they will take a role that they need to learn. They need to teach them at a young age, both for their role while they're children, but also, you know, so they're not slobs as adults, as I can be a slob sometimes. (laughs) Me too. Now, aren't children just supposed to be kids and have fun then? 
you know, I think there's a degree that kids can, and it's good for them to enjoy that they're not adults yet, um, and having the ability to play and and do that in a way that adults don't. Um, but I think we're we're shaping them and raising them to be adults, and so we're training. You know, there, there's things that have to be done. If you want to eat, well. How is that food going to get made? If you want to have clean plates to eat off of, who's going to clean those plates or the, the clean clothes or, you know, whatever it is. And so um, I think that we're actually doing them a disservice if we never require anything of them and just let them play. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think that the mentality that is often had that pushes back against chores, you know, the let the kids be kids mentality. I, I, I mean, I'm a historical guy, and it's such a that's such a modern American mentality. And not even just like American, but like the past five minutes American mentality, you know. <laughs> I, I just finished a book on the Dust Bowl, and you got no impression that parents out in the, like Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl were like, "Kids need to be kids." You know? <laughs> that that's oh, yeah. not that, that that's not healthy. That's not biblical, and that's not wise in most cases. So, I mean, and it's not it's not the same thing as like, all right, get back to the mind and stop complaining. Of course, you know? <laughs> we're not having them build our iPhones or anything. So. But, uh, <laughs> Childhood fun is great. I, I do definitely think that we, and I think most listeners of our podcast would affirm that, uh, but it should go alongside preparing them for life. I mean, that is one clear aspect of a childhood from a biblical perspective is preparation for future life. It's not just this cute, you know, idyllic time, you know, that uh, is the subject of every, nostal- every nostalgic movie that takes place in the 80s. Although typically those ones go pretty horribly. yeah and i think working unto the lord is god glorifying even in childhood i mean we're called to work unto the lord and it's important to not be as uh sovereign grace music's uh uh, walking with a y cd says to be lazy bones yes that's a good one now what what really are chores at a basic level well, it's kind of the powerful and the privilege exploiting the weak. <laughs> no, uh, I really think it's, it's a way of exercising responsibility, and you can even take it back to Genesis 1 and exercising dominion, bringing uh, order into things. Um, and it's a, assuming that it, it's a way of serving others that generally – Uh, If you have kids, they are not living on their own. They are living in relationship and community with other people, and so um, it's a way of serving the people around them. They're they're taking responsibility for an area of the home life, and so um, it it helps others. I suppose even if you lived on your own, it's a way of practicing hospitality. You you can do that, but – it's a little different situation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, w- I don't know, would you add to that? I think that's great. I would just add, I, I think chores in a lot of ways are an appreciation of God's good gifts and taking care of God's good gifts, even if it be, you know, the Legos that your mom and dad will step on if you don't take care of them, which that's the worst, right? Oh, man, yes. I, I You know about when I stepped on the fork a couple years ago, right? I don't remember that, no. Yeah, so I stepped on a fork, um, and it impaled in my foot. Mm. Um, but I, at first, I thought I had stepped on a Lego, and I was like, "Ah!" Oh! And then I, you know, flipped my foot over, and then to my horror, it was not a Lego; it was a fork. <laughs> That's a little bit worse. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I am pretty bossy, though, that the floors of hell have, all have Legos on them. So Probably so. And, and see, that they, uh, the fork incident, it was, an in, I think, an example of someone uh, failing to complete a chore all okay. the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, well, the plate got there, you know, somebody else look at the fork. Yeah, <laughs> that's part right. Hey, so you could have stepped on the plate, too. That might have been worse. <laughs> Anyway, now, is kids doing chores really a biblical theological matter? I know, you know, pretty much every kind of parenting discussion is going to navigate this kind of thing. So it might not feel like this is really a biblical theological issue. I think it does touch on those matters because I just mentioned it a minute ago, back to Genesis 1. But when God speaks about let us make man in our image, he says, so that they may rule. It's giving this purpose to it, and so we're created to have dominion and to rule and to exercise order, bring order to the creation. And so it is a form of that. Um, and we're also we're commanded to teach our kids many things. Um, we are supposed to prepare them to to live as an adult, to assume those responsibilities. And um, all teaching isn't just didactic and, and giving a lecture and say, well, hey, guys, when you're older, you should do this. They're going to learn by experience and by doing and, and doing with us and then doing on their own, uh, that kind of thing. And I, like we know several people, uh, families who have large families, and we were kind of laughing about this the other night. Uh, my oldest daughter is playing middle school basketball. It was homecoming. So we'd watched her game, and then we were watching the varsity boys play, and I think it was at halftime, maybe the end of the game, something. Someone had spilled some of the water cups, and there are two guys on the team that come from pretty large families. One, I think, yeah. has five kids. The other one has eight kids. And uh, the two guys that were staying behind to clean up the, the water spill, like the rest of the team had already gone off, and the two guys from the big families are over there cleaning it up, like wiping it up just because. And my wife noted it, and she's like, yeah, those kids from the big family just know, like, well, it's got to be done, so here, we'll do it. Um, and I think there is something to that observation that we don't just learn by listening and someone telling us this is what needs to be done, but actually participating in it. That's a good point. So, yeah, I definitely think there's truth in that. So, And I strongly link it as well to the creation mandate, you know, to what we're called to. And we're called to be image bearers even in that, even in and even if it pertains to cleaning up a room. But, I mean, I do see even scriptural principles on this. I mean, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, the classic passage where Paul's speaking directly to children. He says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. So uh, I, I think that points us we, that honoring parents includes serving the family, you know, and, and that, that even without being told, it's not even just, uh, you know, it's not even just obeying it, it, that children are called to honor their parents. And, and one of the key ways they're going to do that is going to be to be a, a responsible member of the household in these kind of manners. Uh, you know, and not he's not saying kids be kids there in that passage <laughs> or another one. Uh, a call that applies to really everyone 
but includes kids. And I think almost all the commands of the Bible include kids that are believers. Uh, and that's Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And I think this tells us that uh, that children should have a right attitude in their chores. They, they should see their acts of doing chores as an act of worship unto the Lord. And, and they do it even even if their parents, you know, even kids in here that parents are nitpicky. You know, you do, do what's right and do what's before you as an act of worship unto God. Not just because of your parents. That's good. Not good. Now, how are responsibilities and chore lists good for young people? I think it's a very tangible way of teaching them to love other people. I mean, again, you're they're living in relationship with other people. They're de- people, especially as they get older, they can and they can do something to contribute. Uh, people are depending on them, and they are depending on other people. And so, as they provide some service to other other people, uh, and they support the the functioning of the home. Uh, they are loving people by, you know, washing the dishes or mm-hmm. cleaning the toilet or whatever it may be. Um, it's also a way to, I think, to teach them thankfulness mm-hmm. because they realize, especially if you have some kind of rotation going through, and this week you're doing this, and someone else is doing this other chore, but then you go into it, you go, huh? Well, somebody else had to do this before me or after me. And so just helping them to think that, again, these things don't just happen. Someone had to take time and effort to do it. Uh, And so that means that's time they can't spend on something else. And and again, you're also just emphasizing that the fact that we're living in community and relationships with other people. We're not little islands. And that's not good for us. It's actually Mm -hmm. a good thing. Uh, Like, so for instance, in our home, I mean, you could consider cooking a chore. My wife does the vast majority of that, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, She prepares my – she'll cook eggs for me in the morning and then pack my lunch. She doesn't have to do that, and I regularly thank her for it. There's ways where that that frees me up from something, um, but it requires that she is doing it. And and so, um, yeah, I think just to – sometimes we have to connect the dot or actually – Usually we have to connect the dots for our kids to even be thinking on these planes. But uh, there's a lot of, of good character things and, and issues of love. And, and I think that's so much with discipline, with chores, connecting it back to love. I mean if, if what Jesus said that, that love for God and then love for others, on these two hang the law and the prophets, um, that, that should factor in our teaching and what we're – we're aiming for helping them to see it's it kind of comes down to that it's not just a love is a good thing and then we move on like that it's really underneath uh, what we're doing yeah that's good so yeah i i think and i'll add just to that I think in a lot of ways, just as a kind of a practical thing in the nature of kids, um, you know, having chore lists specifically for chores, I I think it tends to be the case that uh, when we set assignments, it can make things more manageable for children. You know, we're not a child psychology podcast and we're not equipped to be (laughs) that by any stretch, but it does, you know. I think that's true for me too, but uh, maybe I'm a child at heart in that. But it tends to be the case that you know that set responsibilities are a lot more more uh, graspable for children in a way mm-hmm. that you know I don't know that we should expect young children to just assess what needs to be done and do it all the time. Oh, and I I experienced this. Um, um, I told you about the ski trip I went on recently with college students. And there were a couple of guys that were high school seniors as well. And one of the things I told the uh, our student pastor 
when I was going, I said, listen, I don't want to go and be their mama. Um, you know, they're, they're old enough to help. And he said, no, no, they're good about that. He said, now they may not take initiative. They may not always know yeah. what needs to be done. Um, and so if you'll just tell that, Hey, can you do this or somebody do this? Then they'll jump on it wholeheartedly. And, and you know, this is talking guys that are a little bit older. Now, thankfully some of those guys did jump in and just, they saw it needed to be done and did it. And, and those, you know, they were probably 21, 22, but um, so yeah, how much less a, a five-year-old is yeah. be like, you know, dad looks like he needs some help with this. Now, now should shore requirements look different for each child then? I think so. Um, I think their age should certainly factor in. Uh, I think to an extent their gender, though that's, you know, mm-hmm. negotiable. Um, there are things, you know, I mean, I was the oldest kid in my family and on both sides when they divorced and I was a lot older than my two half siblings. Um, my stepsister had to do some stuff. She was closer to my age, but, um, you know, my sister that I, I lived in the house with, um, she did not do the outside stuff that I did. Now, I don't know if that was right or wrong. Like she sort of has an aversion to sweating. Um, but you know, there was one of my neighbors, um, had, ordered a bunch of gravel, uh, granite rocks and, um, they used what they needed and then, but they still had this huge pile left over in their driveway. And so they were trying to figure out what to do with it. And so they, they sent a message out to the neighbors and said, Hey, if anybody wants this, you can have it. You just need to, you, you're going to have to remove it. And so we had been wanting to make a, a pathway of gravel or stone uh-huh. or something on the side of our house leading around to the back. And we're like, well, Hey, this is great. Um, that was just the problem of moving it across mm-hmm. the cul-de-sac. And, uh, anyway, I mean, probably thousands of pounds. And, um, anyway, so our whole family got out there and did it. And I mean, even my, my girls and, you know, my, I think at the time my son was three or four and I mean, he was out there working. So, um, it's not just like, only the boys can do some hard work. I think you take into consideration their their development. And that can be – I mean I know for us we have dealt with that with um, helping the kids see this this sibling of yours is younger and they, they cannot do some of the things you can. They're just not at that stage yet and you didn't either. Um, yeah. So that may be a point of friction. But uh, but yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I mean do you just have a uniform thing for your kids? Your Yours are roughly the same age as ours. Spaced yeah. apart, <laughs> uh, not quite. So I, I, I think, yeah, we give different ones for different, you know, uh, kids based on age and things like that. I, I, I do think largely for these kind of things, this will be a wisdom issue, and uh, you know, some families will work better to have more consistency. Some families will work better to have, you know, more differences and in, in responsibilities. I don't feel comfortable always even saying that it has to look the same in each, each household. You know, I, I suspect in most households it's probably wise to have, you know, a kid take care of their own room. But, you know, I, I think if a household sees, you know, it's that uh, one child is better at, the, the two-year-old child is better at mopping the floors and the lawn, and then, you know, their 18-year-old sibling's better at cleaning the uh, their rooms, then, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I agree with you even in the gender thing to a degree. And I think, honestly, I think sometimes differences in those 
ensures can be a helpful way to affirm godly gender roles, but we just need to be wise, especially as, you know, I, I'm kind of a, um, I'm not the most rigid complementarian in the world. I tend to set the lines where the Bible does. Uh, but yeah. Certainly. Now, if it's like, hey, we're going to move these massive things and we just, it's the, you know, okay, I want a, a group of strong men to help me with that, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, yeah, I, that's why I would not be rigid at all on that. And I think, too, also a lot of it is seeing, you know, I think certain kids will benefit from certain chores more, uh, you know, or it will teach them, you know, and it can even be behavior related. Uh, I think it can be a form of discipline chores as well. So. Mm-hmm. Now, how should Christian parents respond when children neglect or refuse chores? Do they we just do it ourselves and then, you know, make sure to give them pudding and a TV show? and give them their their snack pack. Yeah. <laughs> um I think you treat it as an issue of disobedience and I think you want to point out that it again it comes back to love or in this case a lack of love and you're trying to appeal to their conscience in that regard. But yes, especially if this is an issue that this is say hey, this is expected this is the standard um then you do treat it as an issue of disobedience and have some form of consequence whether they have to do extra or I mean, I've heard of folks sometimes saying, taking it this approach that they find the chore undone. Well, the chore needs to be done. And so either they do it themselves or they find a, another child to do it and then they pay that child and then it, they need to be you know, reimbursed for that payment from mm-hmm. the person who failed initially. Um, but I do think it, it's wise to have some form of consequence to show like it's got to get done and when you don't do it, um, this is what happens. You're letting people down. And again, it, it is a form of, of not loving others. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. So I, I do think, obviously, this is a, definitely a point where discipline is relevant. So, But I, I do think that we, when they push back, we should be very slow to hesitate to give up on asking them to do this thing, these things. Even though, uh, you know, oftentimes it is so much easier just to just do it, just to, to get done with doing, it, or even you know, say that you know you're punished in another area. There are times in place, you know, if of course if you know there is if something is blocking the way from somebody coming into your house, you know, it has to be moved at a certain point. But uh, but you know, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's worth letting it be a mess. I think and wisdom because teaching your kids is often more important than having the perfect house Um, and I think sometimes they will need more reminders and sometimes we can work with the kids in patience to help them organize their plan so that they know you know before I get to the you know Harry Potter is a popular book series in our household before I get to Harry Potter or whatever uh, I need to take care of these these items you know so that they even think that because sometimes it's not always as avert disobedience it's just you know our kids can be so out of sight out of mind yeah it's not always like this high-handed you know I'm gonna stick it to mom and dad teach them a lesson it's just like I was thinking about playing you know but those I mean, that is a form of childishness. And so we have to learn, okay, hey, you, you've got to make it a priority to remember this. This is people are counting on you. I know a while back to try to get this lesson across, uh, I think it was with an egg. Um, the kids were, you know, not doing jobs all the way. And so my wife was trying to help them see that doing something halfway is kind of just not doing it. And so she just took an egg and cracked it open, put it on a plate and then brought it out to them for breakfast (laughs) to see their response. (laughs) And, you know, they were taken aback. Um, 
And so it was vivid. Now, unfortunately, it didn't uh, result in just immediate like, oh, well, now we get it. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, sometimes having creative things can be really helpful. Yeah. Now, must Christian parents provide financial incentives for certain chores? Do we have to do that? I don't think so. I mean, I think it can be a perk, but uh, it's it's not a necessity. Um, they they get to live there for free and eat the food and wear the clothes and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. So uh, I don't I don't think we should feel bad if if we don't. But it can also be there can be a lot of other things tied to that and giving them financial incentives. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, they're definitely members of the household. N- nobody's entitled to anything. Uh, and, and, you know, and I don't know anyone in a household that pays themselves to do the dishes. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you have a bank account set aside for when you take care of, you know, making dessert that you get an extra 10 bucks or something like that. Then. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a pretty thin bank account. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I do think on big tasks especially, it can make some sense, uh, but nobody should feel in any sense really obligated to do that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it can, you know, sometimes, especially with unusual uh, chores, you know, whether it be, you know, in our house, sometimes there's big acts of moving pellets, you know, before the winter, and maybe that's appropriate to pay, the, you know, for their work on that. But, you know, it's not something that we, we, we should feel like, oh, we're sinning or we're failing or abusing our kids if we don't pay them in these things. Now, to turn to the flip side of that, is providing positive rewards for household responsibilities ever a good idea at all? Or is it just, you know, just kind of derelicting responsibility? I think it can certainly be a good thing. It's kind of dangling a carrot and it's teaching them some principles and instilling in them that there are rewards that that are held out to those who uh, do hard work and do it well. And so I think that can help reinforce and encourage them. Um, and I, I think we've talked about this before in some other aspect, but like if you should give ch- uh, allowance money as a compensation for doing chores or something like that, and you know people have different views on that. Again, I think that's a wisdom issue. Um, but I think that there – it can be a good idea. I don't think it's like this, this evil thing or something. Yeah. Twisting motives or. Yeah, I, I think you're a good point. And so again, a wisdom issue, it can be wise. It can be helpful. Uh, but it also, you know, can be sometimes bad uh, and sometimes can make them only obey for, only do these for the rewards. So, and, and yeah, I agree. I mean, you can go back to our allowance podcast, but, but I think either way we, we require chores, whether we do allowance or not. So I do think that we do need to be careful regardless about suggesting, you know, whenever the, we do give them compensation that it's reward, it was, it was deserved rather, you know, the, these kind of things are mercy and grace in the parents, uh, but not, and no case when we give money for chores, is it something that, that, that child is deserved, you know, that, that child is entitled to. And, we're, and I think we need to be careful about what we give. And even maybe it's wise to sometimes, Ask what that's the ch- uh, chore and not give a reward for that one time, and then another time give a reward for it just to communicate that you know you're not entitled to this, you don't deserve this. It's funny, the other night my parents were over and we were laughing about when uh, I was much younger and I had done some work for my grandparents. I was helping fed a bunch of pine trees and I was picking up pine cones, and my grandpa was going to pay me and 
anyway, he started to pay me some, you know, lavish amount. And uh, anyway, my dad objected, and then he said, "Well, what do you what do you think it's worth?" And I said, "No, don't ask him," because uh, I knew that my dad would definitely uh, negotiate my rate for a good bit down. So, but he was he was doing something good. That's funny. Yeah. How can churches help young people to grow in taking on responsibilities in this kind of way? I think we can not just do for them and plan programs and activities and this kind of stuff. Uh, and in so doing, teach them to expect to be served and entertained. And, you know, we're just kind of waiting hand and foot on them. Uh, we can also invite them in to help and to serve with projects uh, that they yeah. can do. I mean, there's a number of things like, hey, guys, we need to move those chairs over there. Come on, let's grab a chair. Um, hey, can you grab that broom? Hey, guys, pick up the trash. I mean, that can be little kids and, and not just come behind them and do everything for them. And I think we can get creative with opportun- providing opportunities that aren't just cleaning up or things like that, though that is a very valid way. Uh, I know a few years back – we have a one of our members runs a, a pregnancy resource center close to our church. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great ministry, and um, we sent a team of kids and parents over to their um, their office and just to serve. And so I think they we were out of town when it happened. Um, it reminds me that I'd like to do that again. But they were, you know sorting clothes and things like that. I mean, like kids can do that. They, they don't have to be a certain age, and it, it wasn't interacting with the general public or something like that where you need to be a certain age. So, I mean, there's many things where we can get creative about that. Hey, um, we can go out and pick out trash or, I mean, there's just, there's a lot that we can do to teach them to contribute and not just receive. Yeah. I I would add, even in in that, I think what you said is fantastic and a lot of what I was going to say, but I think even in the intergenerational ministries of the church, even in the pulpit, I think we should have calls to work uh, as unto the Lord apply to, you know, kids doing chores. So, you know, I think it's really easy. You know, there are a lot of texts that talk about working uh, without complaining, about being faithful in your work, and we easily apply it to, you know, the person that's a that's a janitor or an accountant in the church but we should also apply that to the child with their chores i I think it's important because i I think we need to be able to communicate to them that that's their aspect of of kind of this creation mandate role um and i think uh, that I, I think we should actively reject keeping the bar low as it seems to be, uh, even in how we communicate to kids. Because uh, I think this is one of the many, many areas in our culture where we have such a low bar and, and we need to show that in our kids that, you know, God expects God expects faithfulness on it, not because it earns anything, but as an overflow of grace and demonstrated in their lives. Uh, yeah, I like that you brought that up, just kind of reacting in it. But we just did one about reactions and mm-hmm. overreactions. But res- we see what's going on in the culture. And uh, I was talking to a dad, young dad in our church, who I think his oldest is like two maybe uh, last night. And he was saying how his wife had come across this thing from a, I don't know, some sort of child psychologist specialist who was saying, you know, we just need to be realistic about what our kids can and can't do. And when you've got young children, I mean, they're – their attention span is no more than four to six minutes. So we shouldn't really even expect them to stay at the table very long and just kind of let them roam and thinking, no, they, they can stay there for a little bit longer. And, and just, you know, when it, you 
work that out past the table and little kids, uh, there are things that, that we should raise the bar of expectation on and uh, and call them to something more. And it will be for their good and, and their uh, their growth. And it will also, uh, it will hurt, uh, not hurt, it will help our own family. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think in general with any kind of low expectation thing, even in applying this, I mean, we always have to remember that Christian expectations are defined by Christian theology of the Holy Spirit, you know, or pneumatology, if you will. And, uh, and you know, and any of these things, yeah, I sometimes... I don't really care what the experts say. <laughs> I care what scripture <laughs> says, if you know what I mean. I mean, even, you know, that I know this is a side topic, but I mean, and, and almost all the things we do, I think we, we, we ask a lot and uh, of parents, we ask a lot of children in this podcast and I think in our ministries and we should, and I think we can because we have a Holy Spirit that's able to do a lot. Uh, you know, I actually, it's funny because I was, talking to somebody who was kind of particularly even for teens you know that having teens in church for example is like well a sermon is not designed to what a teen's attention span is and and to some degree i think in those kind of things it's like who cares you know i mean it's not it's not a lecture it's not a ted talk it's a work of the holy spirit and the holy spirit doesn't really care about what uh, you know educational strategies typically are Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anywho, now how can we encourage children to view chores as an opportunity to joyfully serve the Lord, Ben? I, I like I was saying earlier. I think a lot of it comes back to this is a way for you to love your neighbor, to love mm-hmm. the neighbor that maybe shares a room with you or lives in the house with you, and that is a way to show love for the Lord. Um, and so, this is an opportunity that's presented to you daily. And you have responsibilities and obligations with other people. And so as you do this, this pleases the Lord and Mm -hmm. you can do it with a joyful heart. And and as you do that, you actually will come to uh, have more appreciation of it yourself and not just see it as a drudgery. It's like, oh, yeah, this this is helping to make this a better place as opposed to me fighting and resisting this and complaining about it. Then no one. Yeah. has peace and enjoyment uh i'm just sort of bringing it all down the drain yeah so yeah i add i think we can rem- just remind them that god delights in their work I and mean, this is an act of worship and, and god and god appreciates their act of worship and even doing their chores because uh, i do think some kids you know do can comprehend that and can see the beauty in that uh, but and even a little practical element, and this is not necessary because I mean, just obeying your parents and doing chores if your child is a Christian is an act of worship. But you know, perhaps sometimes I think helping them get in the red head spa- right head spaces for those that are old enough to not be distracted by it. Perhaps doing like what my wife does when she does a lot of chores around the house: listen to godly praise songs or or God's word in the audio version while you do it. I think will help. Get in the right headspace of I'm glorifying the Lord. You know, I'm not just doing what I have to do that, but I'm serving the Lord in this time. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good point. I, my kids sometimes will listen to, uh, some radio drama kind of stuff that, uh, they find engaging. And it's also teaching biblical stuff, uh, along the way. (laughs) I know I was doing a house chore the other day myself, uh, that I was, 
about ready to bang my head on the wall until I went to unconscious because it just was <laughs> not working. And now, thankfully, I mean, I was maintaining my composure, but I was I was praying some. And then I had my phone by me, and so I turned on a music app and said, "You know what? I just I need to, to hear praises of the Lord right now to help me." And, and really, it did. It just kind of helped me reframe things. Um, so, well done, Danielle. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, I, I hope our listeners have enjoyed uh, enjoyed this podcast. Perhaps, you know, some of you are listening to this while doing chores. And if so, uh, that, you know, if you're not able to focus well, that there's no uh, disrespect if you need to pause it at times. Right, Ben? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I've enjoyed this conversation with you, Ben, and I hope our listeners have been blessed by it. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.